1: to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm John Norman and alongside Steve Harmison uh, looking back at England's uh, T20 series against Pakistan. It was uh, such a superb series. The crowds arrived in force. They were vocal throughout. Amazing entertainment. Big sixes... Uh, wickets of plenty, some fielding mishaps—you know the drill—and um, England ran out two-one series victors. Uh, plenty to discuss on the show tonight. You're listening to Following On from Talksport. So, if you're listening to the podcast, you know by now that it was England who uh, emerged triumphant, beating Pakistan in the third ODI by three wickets. Um, Pakistan winning the toss, deciding to bat, making two changes from the side that lost at Headingley, bringing in the leg spinner Kadir, and uh, Hassan Ali as well for uh, Azam Khan, and, and uh, Harris-Ralph missing out. Uh, getting off to a decent start, 50 for one after six overs, Azam the one that to go, the first of four wickets to go the way of Adil Rashid. Uh, Rizwan, his opening partner, was still there at the end, 76 not out, but very little in support. Zaman heading 24, uh, 154 for six, well England would have taken that. At, uh, at the start of the match for sure, uh, even though they realised that it was a little bit of a tacky track again. Uh, the wickets going the way of the spinners, four to Rashid, one to Ali, and uh, Livingston didn't take any wickets, but uh, he bowled three decent overs. England, when they came out, well, they looked like they were going to make short work of it. Although Joss Butler looked a little off colour, 67 for one um, when the first wicket fell, Butler going for 21. Uh, but whilst Jason Roy was at the crease, it looked like it was going to be easy. Uh, but he wasn't at the crease uh, for the entirety of the innings. He just was dismissed for 64 from 36, 12-4s and a 6. It was a little bit of a collapse, a little bit of a wobble, I suppose. Ali and Bairstow went early. And uh, it was left to the captain. Um, or rather, it was left to, uh, to Owen Morgan, David Milan, and then Chris Jordan to hit the winning runs in the final over, just when we thought we might get a super over. Uh, brilliant stuff in the third T20. But we are got to look back at the series as a whole here on the following on podcast. Story of the day. So, Steve Harmison, looking back at the three-match series. Um, I suppose the one name that really comes from all of this in terms of um, staking a claim ahead of the World T20 is Liam Livingston. You know, he scored 100, uh, the quickest 100 ever by an Englishman for, in T20 cricket 43 balls uh, 100 in the first T20 which England lost he then hit the biggest six most of us have ever seen in our lives at uh, Headingley um, in the second T20 he bowled some useful overs of spin as well more in the third T20 uh, he came in hit six first balls and was out second ball uh, at his home ground at Old Trafford um, he, he's, he's in isn't he? he's, he's got something he's if he's not in the eleven, he's definitely in that World Cup squad.
2: No, he's in my eleven now, John. Um, I've relented on Joe Root. I think. I think I've. Uh, I think that one. I don't think the ECB or the selectors were listening to me ever when I thought when I was trying to push Joe Root's case, because I thought we were going to be batting on surfaces like we've done in the third uh, T Twenty. Because I thought I think that was a perfect um, surface for England to sort of practice on to get themselves so ready for what's going to happen in the UAE. Uh, where the ball will come onto the bat for the first five or six overs. When the new ball goes, then it'll be a difficult to score down the ground and hit big shots. Um, but the very ball, the one ball that Liam Livingston faced, cemented his place in the side for me. And what more, why, even more so with that, it gets me what I want If I was a if I was an England fan or a selector. Because if you're going to pick Liam Livingston and he bats at number six, then he gets Ben Stokes at number three. That's what I would want in them conditions. I want Ben Stokes at three. I've always wanted him at three. Um, and that role, that Liam Livingston coming in, hitting the first ball from six, from ball one, he seems as though he has this hand-eye coordination that he can do that. He's got a magnificent hundred at, at Trent Bridge, built a great innings. He did the same again in the second 3-20 And he showed the form he's in, the class he's got, the ball striking he's got. He hit the first ball out the ground and the boundaries. You listen to the commentators in this game talked about the size of the ground, the the dimensions of the ground were huge, square of the wicket. He hit the first ball, 15 rolls back. It was massive. Um, So for me, he he doesn't just come into the squad, he comes into the side and it gets what I would hope England to have their strongest top three. Um, with best at four, and that would be Roy, who I thought was magnificent again today. I thought he batted lovely. I thought it showed a different side of Jason Roy. A really, uh, I was really impressed by Jason Roy. Actually, I'll go as far as to say that's the most impressed I've been by Jason Roy in an England shirt for a long, long time because why? he read the Tell situation. Me why? Now, I read the situation brilliantly. He knew he couldn't score down the ground. He knew the big shot wasn't quite there down the ground. He had must have stood there and watched and learned a bit off the way Pakistan played. And I think he, he, he said to himself, right, the, the best way to play a spin, because I'm going to be bombarded by a Pakistan spin, is to hit the ball square of the wicket, reverse sweep, sweep. And you know what? It's not one of his big shots. You know, he, he, did, he uses the, the sort of ramp off, off, the, off the seamer sometimes, but he very rarely does he play... A lot of sweep shots. He normally is big power down the ground. Use his feet, come out of his crease, go down the ground, or stand and and deliver from down the ground. And I think the very first couple of balls off um, uh, Ahmad, he couldn't quite get it down the ground where he wanted it. So he's gone to the sweep shot and he's executed it perfectly. And that, for me, is a sign of, of maturity that Jason is bringing to his game. So I was really pleased the way he played. Um, and it's good signs for England going forward into the World T20 because these are the sort of that surface there is a similar surface we're probably going to get uh, in the UAE because it's going to be it's going to get tired as the game goes on. So there was some there were some disappointing things, there were some concerning things I think um, with England, you know, r- nearer the end of that and the middle part of that game. But I think it'll be something that I'm, I would imagine there will be there will be discussing and talking about with each other in the dressing room. I think all in all, England have got to be happy with the way the series went. I think it's been played in a great spirit. I think both sides have performed very, very well. But the winner for me throughout this three-match series was the crowd. It was electric coming through my TV at um, Old Trafford. It was the same in the second T20, and the noise at Trent Bridge was definite. So for me, getting crowds back into it, massive plus point, and it just puts pressure... A different type of pressure on the players uh, out in the in the cauldron in the middle. So I think it's been a fantastic three match series by England and Pakistan.
1: One of the uh, plus points for me was uh, was Matt Parkinson. He didn't bowl in that third T 2-20, but you know he seems to be one of those guys. And you get them, don't you, playing for England? Where they always seem to be very close to the uh, to being dropped. It's almost like there's not quite the backing. Um, that maybe other players get. I thought he, I thought he performed admir- admirably well, but Adil Rashid once again today showed four for thirty-five. Took the first three wickets, uh, following up with a, a good display in the second T20 as well. He is Morgan's man, isn't he? He's like I, I would say he's probably the first name on the team sheet ahead of anybody else.
2: Yeah, you can see why people want him to play a test match cricket again because, you know, the little man, he's a genius. He is. He's brilliant. He's bounce. He's he's enthusiasm. He's vigor. Everything about Adil. Um, and he's been around a long time. He has been around a long time because I even played with Adil Rashid. So it tells you how long Adil Rashid's been around. He was, again, the spinners in this game have been, have been fantastic. What was it? 11 overs, 5 for 75. Um, I thought Mo and Bold, yeah, exceptionally well as well. I thought they worked off each other, as they have done for many years. I think the two of them have worked off each other very, very well. And to talk about Matt Parkinson, I I think Matt Parkinson just has to bide his time. Bide his time. I remember I I did the game Durham against Lancashire when Matt Parkinson wasn't picked in the original T20 squad. And I remember talking with Nick Knight and Mark Butcher, and we were saying, I hope Matt Parkinson hasn't been picked in this squad just so he keeps bowling. He doesn't carry drinks. He's not just a, a 15, 16-man squad in a, in a COVID bubble where he's not going to play. Leave him with Lancashire and let him play because leg spinners need to bowl. And I think he had he bowled a lot in the blast and he did well. He had a bit of bounce about him. He came into the, his the first, ODR, uh, first T20 and got a bit of tap, second two overs after he bowled two very, very good. His first two overs. But I think England then went to, he, get, he played in the second one, then he, England went to, when it comes to the business exercise of it and the the final, if you want to call it the final of the decider, I think England have reverted back to type, gone with their experience. And I think this is the bowling formula. You're going to see England in in the UAE. You're going to have Adil Rashid, Mohan Ali, and a little bit from Liam Livingston, probably with Archer, Wood, and a, probably a little bit of Stokes, or... Um, I don't know who the... Yeah, There's still that... The other seam is up for grabs.
1: Yeah, and also, look, we were talking about a World T20 squad a few months ago and we were of the opinion Liam Dawson would be the third spinner. Um, could be that, that Parkinson's just got in there as a, as a squad man, you know? And then, as you say... I think he has,
2: yeah. I think he has, John. I think you're right. I think he's got in there as a squad man, but I also think... The emergence of Liam Livingston yeah. means you can have Matt Parkinson. Yeah. I think I, I don't think they would have gone in with... If, if Liam Livingston's not going and you're going with another out-and-out out batsman, I think then Liam Dawson comes into the equation because he brings a little bit more with the bat. I think with Liam, Liam Livingston, he gives you what Liam Dawson's got from a ball point of view. Not as experienced, not as bowled enough, but he could, he could nip you a couple of overs in when you need to... To, to sort of put the squeeze on. And I think because of that, I think then you can take possibly another leg spinner match winner in Parkinson. Because if you're playing on an absolute raging turner, a little bit like what Pakistan thought this was tonight when they filled their squad, where filled their team with with uh, with spinners, you could potentially play a Parkinson and Rashid as well as Moen Ali and Liam, Liam Livingston in the same game. Um, and I think that's what Morgan's been thinking over the course of this last week.
1: Another man that's really impressed and is, is in the squad is Saqib Mahmood. Um, he played all the games. We were expecting him to be, get to get rested, wouldn't we? Because he played uh, against Sri Lanka, of course. But he's played throughout. I think he's played in all three T20s. Um, wasn't his most effective game today, by the way. But, you know, that's fine. Um, but again, a, a guy that's been given an opportunity. Uh, and he's, he's absolutely taken it.
2: Yeah, he has he bowled well. He bowled well in the in the fifty over stuff. He bowled well in the um, in in these these three t twenties. I think the reason why he played tonight is probably because Morgan wanted to have another good look at him. I think maybe Owen Morgan. I think if he's brutally honest, he might have wanted to have a, a look at him from the middle with him with Moen, uh, Owen Morgan talking to his bowler. Do you remember Owen Morgan left himself out? He dropped. He rested himself in the middle game. Um, and I think he possibly wanted to have another another look at Saki Mahmood while Owen Morgan's on the field, giving him directions, seeing what sort of mindset you know, Saki's got, if the ball's going around the park, if it's going well for him, what sort of you know, mindset he's at when he's when he's talking to his bowler. He's, he's a very, very good man, manager Owen Morgan. So I'd imagine he, he probably just wanted to reconf- re- confirm probably what they knew that you know, this kid is going to go on the plane. He possibly is. If it is going to only going to be fifteen, he's probably fighting with about two or three bowlers to be that 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 spare bowler. I would imagine it's going to be if it's going to be Pierce on a ball, it's going to be Archer and Wood with um, with with uh, the new ball for or the, the two quick options. Um, but I think Mahmood might have jumped over a couple of people in this three match series the way he's performed, and good on him because he, I've said this many times, like he, the the sign of a good cricketer is when you don't have everything going your way you come into the game with everything you know going nicely and then all of a sudden you maybe have an injury things don't go your way you have to go and reevaluate and look at yourself and try and change a few things put a few things right learn about the game and come back and come back the better and i think Saki Mamudu has done that over the course of the last couple of weeks because you know he went missing for a year he's now come back you know fair play to the boy he might just get on that plane
1: um, Tom Curran, though, you just get the feeling that that he may have may have run his course here. Uh, he didn't have a terrible series by any stretch of the imagination. He actually bowled pretty well, um, but he just looks like he's going to be he's going to miss out again, isn't he? And it's going to be Mahmoud has just stolen a march on him. Um, Jordan's ahead of him. You st- you feel in the pecking order still. It's it's just it looks like it it might just be yeah it might be disappointment again for TC.
2: It might be. The only way, for me, the only way Tom goes is if the COVID squad gets um, lengthened, if we get 18 players. Yeah. But I did hear, I, I've got to say this, and I, I couldn't stop laughing on the on the Critic collective. The other day with Manners. Me and Manners talked about it, and Manners said, the ICC are talking about having, having players not in the squad, so you're going to have 15 players, and having three or four replacements, but not allowed to travel. And I'm like, you are joking me. You're going to go from November, October, November to minus four in England, to then chuck them into the World T20, forty degrees in, thirty odd degrees in, in Dubai and Abu Dhabi. Wow. It doesn't make
1: sense. Well, that's even worse. From, say you're a New Zealand player, or you know, you've to travel. This is a, a seventeen-hour flight. Absolutely. I mean, okay, the different difference in climate might not be quite so stark. Although it's still a bit chilly in New Zealand in October. Yeah, um, but again, especially in the South Island,
2: it doesn't. It doesn't surprise me with the ICC. To be fair, if they come. They come with that. But the 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 point we need to make about Tom Curran is, again, I, the thing I look at Tom is he probably just needs to play a bit. I'd I, I'd send him away to play. Go and play some, you know, twenty to the hundred competition. Go and enjoy yourself and play some some red ball cricket. Just go and play cricket again. I think there's been a lot of pressure on Tom Curran because he's still relatively young. I think we sometimes look at some of our players that are playing in this squad and we re- don't realise how old they are. I, I, Tom Curran's not that old. He's not that experienced when it comes to mm, playing yeah, multi-format totally. games. It's not a criticism of Tom Curran. Yeah, we've got a, an unbelievable pool of players, a squad of players to pick from. And if Tom Curran has to go away and play for Surrey for, for for six months, eight months, ten months to get himself back, not just enjoying himself, but just playing the game, the more, more he plays, the better he'll he'll get into rhythm, the more he'll feel confident of letting go of the ball out the back of his hand, bowling his Yorker, bowling his bouncer. Just think at the minute, I think he's one of these ones on the peripheral that has been... And it's not messed about. It's just the COVID world we live in. We have to take a lot of players. He's bowling nets. He's not playing in games. When he does get a game, he feels as though he has to perform. He has to perform because there's so much pressure on this young man's shoulders. Just a bit like Saki Yeah, you know, Go away, Tom. Go and have some fun with, with some of your mates. Have a game of cricket. Enjoy what you're doing and then come back because the one thing about Tom Curran, the talent there, no question whatsoever. Bat, ball. You do not play in the IPL. At the age he played at and performing the IPL, if you're not a good player, he is a good player. He just possibly needs a little run of games at, at, away from the international scene to get himself back into confidence of letting, ball, letting the ball go again. And I've no doubt that this kid will come back. At the minute, to get into the squad, I think he's fighting with Chris Jordan. Chris Jordan's age experience and everything that goes with it. I think he just gets ahead of Tom Curran for me.
0: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean, there truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visit forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. So Jordan's in. Where are we with David Willie? Is he gonna miss out? I mean, is it even a? are we even is he even close? I mean, he only bowled two overs in the third T20. He's very often such as the riches England possess. Um, with Archer and possibly Wood to come back, uh, is he just enjoying his time as an England player while, it, while he can? I mean, after what happened in 2019, he probably doesn't expect anything, does he?
2: He probably doesn't. He probably didn't expect to play cricket again for, for England. And I'm I'm pleased the way he's performed because... Yeah, he's a great kid. I've got loads of time for David Willie because of his character. His character's brilliant. The way he's come back, put the disappointment of the World Cup to one side, um, showed his professionalism, and performed. And he's performed very, very well for England. I think he is one of the the ones that goes into the to the the, the extra um bracket, which is out just out of the 15. But if Covid squads get bigger, he comes into it. I think you're looking at Whoa. Wokes, Willie, Saki, Mahmoud, possibly one more. Rhys Topley, I don't know if he's going to be fit or not. There's uh, a bowler missing there. I think one of them, I think them, them four or five bowlers are fighting for that one place, that 15th, 15th place on the plane. And I think Mahmoud might just get it. So Willie might just be in the 16, 17, 18-man role, which would be if the if the... If squads get extended. He might just nip a uh, nip a game, a uh, nip a squad players out, but I think he might just be disappointed again as to uh, a lot again like two thousand and nineteen.
1: Um, and two other uh, names uh, to throw at you: Phil Salt, who impressed us all in the uh, ODI series against Pakistan, um, uh, and Lewis Gregory, who yeah. actually won a game pretty much for England. He could have been man of the. In fact, when I left. Uh Edgbaston. was it Edgebeston? These games they, they go they yeah. go thick and fast. He hit seventy seven and I remember I left the ground and there, I was walking past people saying they thought Lewis Gregory should have been man of the match, player of the match. Um he's certainly he's been given an opportunity and he's shown. He may not be fashionable, but he can he can bowl, bat, field, he can do it.
2: He definitely can and I, again he's another one who would can throw as many names as you want at me, John. They're just fantastic <laughs> players but just in this if the if there were if there was talented at the Red Ball game, I, England would be yeah, you know, there'd be no problems yeah. with Ashes and India and if they're not, they're all they're all the same. They're all in the in the white ball format and that just shows you the I think that just shows you what Owen Morgan and the the, the selection panel and the where England have gone over the last sort of five or six years and the the dynamics that this this unit has got, cover all bases, play any sort of surfaces anywhere in the world and be successful and be strong, Um, that breeds confidence, that breeds success. And also that means every time you come into that dressing room, you have an air of invincibility that you're going to win. And I think Lewis Gregory is in that bracket. I think Philip Salt, again, I thought he did brilliantly, is in that bracket. I think Philip Salt, time will come. I think his time will come. I think it's further down the line. I do think it's further down the line. I think both. Um, I think Gregory's a little bit older than, than Phil Salt. I think Phil Salt's got time on his time on his hands where he will he will come come eventually. Um, and they, they've got to go into this hundred. It's a big week in the hundred. Um, whether that has any bearing on on things moving forward, but for me, England's top six is is set in stone. If they fit the plan, Roy Butler for me, Roy Butler Stokes. Avesto, Morgan, Livingston, Moen Ali, that would be my top seven for the World T20. And Milan, even though he's world's number one player, I think we've seen glimpses in this third T20. If the spin on and the pitches are slow and it's turgid, I think he might struggle a little bit. He struggles a little bit. That's my top seven that I would go in. And Liam Livingston, is, for me, has just done the selectors a massive favour because, for me, he just goes in at six and Stokes goes at three. And that makes England even stronger.
1: Brilliant. Well, let's wrap up uh, briefly by turning our attention to Pakistan, who certainly came to the party. The fans have been terrific. Um, it's been six. De- I mean, they were they were bundled in the first two T uh, two ODIs. They should have won the third one, um, but they've more than competed in this T uh, twenty series. They've they've got some bright lights, shining lights. They've had some brilliant bowling. They're just they're just a bit inconsistent, aren't they? In terms of uh, the eleven they put out on the field, they, they've got. People at the start of the careers, people at the end of the careers. We're not sure the batting order is quite right. Um, undoubted talent with the ball. They're playing in. They're playing a brilliant team in English conditions. They've competed, but what lessons will they leave, knowing that they need to uh, answer and they need to learn if they are going to be a force in different conditions? I know that, but um, moving forward.
2: I think they'll be a force in the World T20. I really do. I think they're slow bowlers, they're spin bowlers. They've got a formula with the ball, I think, which works. You Wazim know, well, Imad goes in, bowls first. Uh, Afridi, Hassan Ali, uh, has nine. I think they've got you know, 16 overs there, nailed on. I think they're, they're another spinner. They've got a couple of other spinners, which Hafiz, is it? he's a 40-year-old now. Mohammed Hafiz, whether you know, he's, he's well, they're six months away from playing the World T20, so he's going to be playing. He's going to be involved in it. He gives them that 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 six bowling option. But For me, it's with the bat, and I don't think they've got, I don't think they've got um, the the wrong unit. I just think they've got them in the wrong order. I think Fakhar Zaman's got to go in first. For me, if I'm a, a Pakistan uh, fan, I want to see him go in first. Babar Azam is probably for me he's the best one-day white ball player in the world at this moment in time. I don't think he needs the power player to hit boundaries. So I think he hits boundaries in areas where there's not fielders. He hits the ball brilliantly through extra cover. He plays it lovely. He hits it nice through sort of wide mid-wicket, um, which he doesn't, you know, even if there's men on the fence, they still go for fours because not many times you have two men out on the leg, leg side. If you have, it opens up a fielder on the offside, and he is very, very good with his hands to hit proper cricket shots along the ground or over the, or over the top. I think you need to get off to a good start and for me the one that gets you off to a good start is Fakhar Zaman. He has to go in first. If I was a you know I've had anything to do with Pakistan with Rizwan and then you've got then you've got um, Babar uh, Azam and then you've got the ones coming in after. I think everybody else is coming one too many. They possibly could get an extra batsman in there. How much what is Hafiz giving you? He he's, uh, he's 40 year old. Does he give you that much in the field? He gives you a little bit with the bat, a little bit with the ball. Is there another dynamic player in there that can give you a little bit more with the bat, where you then challenge your five bowlers with the ball? But in these, in the UAE, in the them sort of the surfaces which are slow, low, and turgent, I think I think Pakistan have got a side that could compete in the World T20 and get you to a knockout stages. And like you've just said before, they played in English conditions, they played against the best team in the world. The inconsistency of Pakistan, they get to a semi final and they play out their skin like they did at Trent Bridge, and they'll be anybody.
1: Brilliant stuff. Well, it, the following on podcast uh, will be the place to be, as well as uh, 7 for 12, Jamie and my um, uh, YouTube channel. Uh- every time England play, and then throughout the World T20 as well, there will be offerings on YouTube and here on the following on podcast. But that uh, pretty much brings us to the end of the show. Uh, We will be back, though, because now it's all about the build-up to India. Um, uh, Cricket Collective will be back uh, next week on TalkSport 2. Um Harmi's uh, best Indian 11 will be released as a podcast in the next uh, week or so. The 11 players that Harmy played against that, that featured for India that he would put together to make a, uh, a his best 11. And of course, we will be bringing you all the reaction, all the interviews and all the build up to uh, one of the true iconic series in world cricket, England against India. In a five test match series. But for now, thanks so much for listening. Uh, please uh, leave us a five star review if you got this far and uh, head over to YouTube for 7 for 12. To subscribe there as well. But uh, for now, thanks for listening.